right, I, I haven't got time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. You guessed your pressure points with your two favorite hosts. I'm D, and this is Nude Slash Naked AJ. We're coming at you with Season 5, Episode 22, Action 1005, Part 1. I don't know what the fuck AJ's talking about today, but it's going to be good. We are back, baby. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Point So Pressure. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. Damn, you got the timing right. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Right back in it. Oh, I I keep thinking we should like fade out the dumbass. Nah, it's just but I cuts. also like the cut. Yeah, dumbass. Yeah, but yeah, so we're back. Uh, sorry for the delay. Yeah. I deleted yeah. those announcements, so. So I don't know what the fuck you're complaining uh, yeah. about. We're back. We're back. <laughs> uh, two episodes today. It has been a hell of a couple of weeks, oh, I gotta say. Holy, it has been a hell of a couple of mo- like yeah. months, man. Holy shit. It's it's been it's been a fucking minute. Yeah, shout out to my nephew recovering from an injury. He's doing fine now. He's doing great. I don't want to say too much to dox myself real good, <laughs> but yeah, he's doing better. He's re- in recovery. I was told to say. Um, after his rehab trip yeah yeah, after his rehab trip he's not quite two yet um we got sick oh my god hell aj got me sick the hours hours after i recorded telling you guys that aj was sick and couldn't do an episode he just fucking sneezed down the vents i could hear it no it was it was definitely from my wife because i i didn't i wasn't sick yet and uh, on a weed jar. <laughs> yeah, I'm 100 percent sure yeah. it's either that or you got it from yeah my girlfriend from your family. girlfriend's family. So but yeah, here we are. We're back. You can, you can hear the we're, congestion. We're despite having new microphones, brand new microphones. We are mic quite arms. congested. Yeah, still You're, sounds like shit. Yeah, because we're, we're, we're at 50 percent. So. The mics are at 100 percent. So it's a good 75. Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing good. But Next yeah. week will be way better. It was nice, the people who reached out and yeah, were like, hey, thank get, you. get better. I really appreciate that. Uh, appreciate everybody who listens and yes. especially the patrons who helped us get these beautiful microphones. Oh, my God, so much so. Which was and, a great segue. Yeah, I was just about to say, uh, we have some big news for everyone. This isn't just for patrons, although the episode that was released was just for patrons. <laughs> this is big news. Uh, we are finally doing a patron exclusive episode um it's available to the lowest to the highest tiers on our patreon um but every month we're going to try to get a new episode out for patrons to make it actually fucking worth it hell yeah uh finally we've we finally put it together so um that is an uncomfortably tall mug yeah i know it's really skinny too yeah sorry sorry no you're good so yeah, exclusive episode. The first one's out now. It'll come out yeah. at the exact same time this, well, these two episodes are released. So right now, if you're a patron, you got three episodes to make up for yeah. us being gone. And if not, you got two. So. And I got to say, the episode that's the exclusive, pretty good. It's Thank you. Episode. Thank you. I talk about another heist in Japan, and it's, it's, pretty a, good. it's a good it's one. It's pretty good. I accidentally spoiled the reveal. Who would have thought? As if that ever fucking happens. 
It's fantastic because when I guess, I'm right. When you guess, you're completely off base. Oh, it's I do perfect. it on purpose. It's our balance. Yeah. yeah. Keep keep everything. Yeah, whatever level. you say, you do it on purpose. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I got to throw out the big shit. And uh, I apologize for us coughing, oh, clearing our throats this entire time. episode, starting now. I try to lean away, but, you know. Yeah, it's going to be one of those episodes. Yeah. Uh, but, check out our Instagram. We're going to put a little picture out of our new microphone. Oh, I was like, well, what are we We're taking about? a selfie. <laughs> we're, we're, our, we're doing a dick reveal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just touching. Yeah, touching tips. Oh, man. So, yeah, uh, we're fucking back. You've got us for, I don't know, 23 or 4 episodes. Something like that. But, yeah. Before our next break. If you want to get access to that Patreon exclusive, follow the link in the description or listen to the end of the show. AJ will give you a breakdown of the site and all that shit. Yeah. But... But onto this episode, yeah. I guess. What you got for me, dude? Uh, also, if that water bottle touches the table, I will cast I just took you it, on air. I just took it off the table, so <clears throat> it fell on a rock. Well, it fell out of a third story. Yeah, it, I don't want to cut into the Patreon episode. We've already yeah. talked about it. Yeah, that's fair. But it fucking makes a horrible noise. <laughs> so uh, my I hand write my notes on my tablet. I don't know why. I love it. It, it just flows. It's much faster for me. I'm I'm a faster writer than I am a typer. Oh, because I'm a boomer. I I write in all caps, and small words, and I can't use the right click synonyms when I'm writing. Uh, oh, I never. Yeah, no, I do that I when do I that. type, so I sound smarter. Oh yeah yeah. So me sounds big smart. Big big brain smarty. <laughs> me big brain smart man. So yeah, it auto corrected it to Aleutian one thousand five. Because the computer can't read my handwriting. Uh, But luckily, I can most of the time. So we're talking about Action 1005. It's a, or Sonder Action 1005, as it's also known. Oh, so I wasn't told the whole title? I told you the whole title. Don't pretend. I I I just wanted to ruin that. So actually, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Paul Blobel. Germany mall cop. Nazi mall cop. Nazi mall cop, essentially. I... Oh, there was a little bug. Uh, he was born August 13th, 1894. Ooh. And... Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So when he's 40, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. So he was born in Potsdam, Germany. Potsdam? Potsdam? Whatever. Germany. He had a very uneventful early life. Uh, World War One comes around, or the Great War comes around, and he's an engineer. Uneventful. Pretty uneventful. He got an Iron Cross first class. Boring. Next. Next. (laughs) And he was just a typical German man. Just a red and black blooded German. Yeah. (laughs) And yellow. Is that? Yeah. Don't they have yellow in their flag? Yeah. Red, black, and yellow German Blooded German. Uh, After World War One, he... Decided to go back to school and contribute to society. Good for him. Not knowing the horrible financial situation that was going to happen to most of the world in a decade, if not even a decade. (laughs) That's going to turn out fine. I promise, Paul. So he became an architect. Like, yeah, people have plenty of money for rebuilding after the war. This will be great. Architecture is exactly what you would want to get in in Germany 1940. 
Yeah. So <laughs> ni- 1924 comes around. He gets a job as an architect. I just realized I got to be more careful about where I'm looking when I'm talking in the microphone. Sorry. Uh, yeah, 1924 comes around. He becomes an architect. And he does that for seven years. Okay. He loses his job in 1931. Nobody's building buildings when the, their money, God their currency is completely inflated. So, you know, he does what any proud German man of the time period does, and he joins the Nazi party, the SA, and the SS. Whoa. <laughs> All by December 1st, 1931. Jesus Christ. So he's not only he a Nazi, all in. he's not only an SS, but he's also the SA, which is like the paramilitary wing Dude during the early years. Dude just fucking triple downed. Oh yeah, he's like, these guys will give me a job. I'm a <laughs> these ger- seem I'm like the kind German of guys guy. that would build a building. Yeah. <laughs> I I really love brutalist concrete structures, so this is going to be perfect for me. Do you guys need any kinds of fences built anywhere? Yeah, plenty of fences, barrack-style buildings. <laughs> Concrete monolithic structures. You, I'm. It's me. Uh, I'm, I'm your. I'm it. your fuck. I'm the Paul you've been waiting to meet. Yeah. So uh, about 1933 comes around and he joins the Dusseldorf police. Oh my god! Dude. Which let me. He's uh, putting his eggs bastard. in every single basket possible. Yeah, the police during the whole you know Nazi era were basically just an extension of the gestapo like no yeah that's like this when when the nazis me. invaded different areas they always went to the police station and said you are now our basically bitches <laughs> you were already bitches and you're not going to object to this because now you have more power oh, God. to commit atrocities great so they were really smart doing that <clears throat> so he's a cop for a while 1934 comes around and he is recruited into the SD, which is the intelligence wing of the SS. So okay. kind of doing some spy shit, mostly just, you know, hail Hitlering everywhere. <laughs> God, really? Sig hailing, you know, slapping the boots together, wearing those fancy pants. Click, click. And, oh, uh, brief aside, I've been watching Man in the High Castle. Yeah? I just started the second season. Holy shit. You like it? It is fucking good. I need to watch it. I've watched it, like one episode. It got way better the second season. Like the uh, first episode of the second season was better than the first season. Jesus. I think. It, it was just very exciting. Very very fun. Very well shot. Stylistic. Very, very beautiful. fun. You know. Yeah. A fun show overall. Of what could have been. A romantic Jesus show. Christ. Of the, the perfect future that we could have had. God. <laughs> Just stop. I mean, what? <laughs> no, but so he he goes into the the SD. He's he's a, a fucking uh, you know he's a career man, bootlicker. Oh, well, yeah, oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. But you know he's he's been a cop. He works for secret, you know, intelligence and shit. He works for the SS. Like he's obviously not a nice dude, which that comes into play later. <laughs> I don't know if it's coming to play the later. First red it's flag, already well, yeah. fucking coming to say, play. The first red flag was him becoming a cop. Yeah. <laughs> and then he he does that. He does intelligence for like six years ish. Doesn't really do a lot that we know about anymore. Like, you know, a lot of records were destroyed, and he just did kind of inconsequential shit. For I mean, I'm sure it was consequential at the time. 
because he was working SS intelligence during, you know, this 30, 1934 yeah. through 1941. So Dude had his hands in fucking everything. So. Oh, yeah. So he was definitely involved in the Holocaust as it he, developed. He knew better than Hitler as to what was going on with how many connections he, he had. Yeah, Jesus. He, he definitely knew what was going on. He, he worked with the, you know, execution of the Jewish people, which we get into a little bit later. <clears throat> June 1941 comes around, Operation Barbarossa, the Nazis invade Soviet Russia. That's their, their whole thing that's going on, and he plays a huge role in it, essentially. He became the commanding officer of the Sonderkommando 4A of Einsatzgruppe C. Okay. So basically, he's a commander of a group of the Einsatzgruppen who were, you know, the roaming death squads of Eastern Europe, basically. Anywhere that was behind enemy lines, or not behind enemy lines. Um, so wherever the, the Nazis were in their invasion of Soviet Russia, they were behind them, going oh. to every rural village, every city, every town, Just executing was... as many... Jews as possible, and Romas, and political dissidents, Ukrainian nationals, you know, that kind of so stuff. So anytime the the Germans made headway on, like, taking taking land. These guys would show up and, they were and clear Jesus. an entire area. Um, and I, I talk about this more at the end. I learned about these guys from a shittily produced documentary on Netflix, but it was really good. It was It was a really good low-budget documentary, you know? It was just a narrator and wartime footage. It was fantastic. Um, you'll find it if you just search for Einsatzgruppe. But I also read a book about a dude who started an entire, like, group who goes through Eastern Europe to this day and interviews people who were kids during this time period to try to find the mass graves. Because oh, basically okay. every village had at least one. Yeah. Most had multiple. Um, so this kind of goes into Eastern Europe. That's where we're that's where we're going. Okay. That's where we're at. <clears throat> but yeah, the Ansys group were fucking brutal. They were highly mobile, small groups of people, small groups of not people, Nazis. <laughs> who <laughs> who would just they would go into a town, go to like if they had any kind of law any kind of, like, cop or sheriff or whatever, they go to him and say, all right, round up all the Jews, meet us here, find me a chef to serve me lunch and give me some a couple bottles of booze. And they would just go there, the people would be rounded up, and it was usually, like, if it was a small village, it would be one dude. It would be one Nazi who's just like, okay, uh, dig a pit right here for no reason. Okay, now stand in front of the pit, and he just gun him yeah. down. It was brutal. They were highly efficient as the Germans were during this time period. <laughs> it's in their so, blood. Oh yeah, it's like That's good old good old fashioned German efficiency. Exactly. So August 1941 comes around. They are, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, they are, you know, there's a couple months after they're moving into Soviet Union <clears throat> when Blobel was tasked with creating the. Zaitamir Ghetto. That's that's good. That's good. Zaitamir, Zaitamir Ghetto. Ghetto. Okay. So basically, he created the ghetto by using slave labor, you know, like they did. And he rounded up 3,000 Jewish people in this, just in the region, 
threw him into the ghetto, and took less than a month for all of them to be dead. Jesus Christ. And he was just like, well, that's my job. <laughs> fucking Paul. Fucking Blobel. Goddamn fucking Paul Blobel. So now, at this point, he's he's created this, you know, this ghetto, which, hey, at that time, I was like, hey, good job, nice job, like, that's that a promotion in it for you. <laughs> and he's been going around with the Einstein's Krupa. He's been basically trying to create the most efficient killing machine possible. And he's doing so well that this dude, Fre uh, Frederick... I have... You remember Do how it. I said I couldn't read my own handwriting? You got it. Just give it a shot. I think that's a Y, but it could be an N. Jack, Jekeln. Let's say Friedrich, Friedrich Jekeln. He was the commander <laughs> of police and the commander of the SS in the occupied Soviet territory. And he got an order from Hitler. So he's basically Blobel's boss. He gets an order from Hitler directly and says, hey, go tell Blobel, we're just going to do the full extermination. Like before it was just uh, round up, round up the Jews and we'll kill them. But it wasn't like they didn't verify it through records. Yeah. They didn't try to trick people into showing up. It was just, oh, wrong place, wrong time. You're dead. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't as like root them out yeah it was just oh jewish you're dead. here dead yeah okay so it is now the the orders are you need to get each of these regions and you need to document how many people how many jews you killed and how many uh and if it's uh juden free which is just free of the jews oh okay and you need to do this in every territory that we control jesus so everything ramps up the first like after getting this order the first mass killing that is documented that is very that that was larger than the other ones because these other ones are 15 people here 20 people here which is a mass killing uh, don't get me wrong but it wasn't documented as well as these larger ones was one at Billa Servka there's a lot of teas damn in there. you really did it to yourself today Billa Servka <laughs> He basically killed off the entire adult Jewish population and all the kids were just kind of thrown into a warehouse. But people oh. in the town were like, we, they're just kids crying day and night. And they're soldiers, like Nazis, who were just like, bruh, there's people, they're just kids crying in this warehouse and we just killed off all of their parents. God damn. Like, what do we do about this? So yeah. the soldiers go to the chaplains the chap the nazi chaplains say ooh maybe that's not good to massacre a bunch of kids like they're what? fine they're who, fine if you kill them all at once yeah. who would have thought that the the nazis would draw a line <laughs> oh just just wait so the chaplains basically wrote letters to different nazi commanders in the area to stop it they delayed the because it was originally just all right they're just bring them out to the field let's go global was like yeah let's just kill them and they, so they wrote letters and different Nazi officials came to Blobel and were like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this. I mean, yeah, they don't mind if they're killing the parents and the yeah. children all at once, but Jesus. separate, it's, it's a little bit more brutal. Uh, so they delayed it by a couple of days and then Blobel basically said, no, these are my orders. I kill everybody. So he brought them out on tractors 
all these kids. Yeah, give them a nice little tractor hayride. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. It was the only Sorry, time- Sorry, we've had you locked up for three days in yeah, a warehouse. Without food. Yeah. <clears throat> it was the only time documented that chaplains tried to stop a mass killing of Jewish Jesus. people. Jesus. The only time. God damn. Um, That's they, fucking crazy. Yeah, so they brought them in by tractor, and they lined them up on the edge of the pits, and they actually ordered the local police- Oh. To to kill the kids, and they weren't soldiers. And where was this? This was in Ukraine somewhere. God damn. <clears throat> yeah, in it was at Bila Servka. Oh, okay. the the massacres yeah. are usually named after where they where they happen, but uh, you know because they weren't soldiers, they weren't Nazis. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing, so they were just shooting kids with machine guns. They weren't shooting them in the head. It was not quick. Yeah, it was not clean. Like, people wrote in journals and shit like that that they just heard wailing of just, you know, kids who were wounded and would probably die in, like, 30 minutes from their wounds, just conscious in the pits. And then they just buried them alive. God damn. You know, and he was just okay with this. Fucking Paul. Fucking Paul. Piece of shit. So, the next part is another massacre that he he organized, and it, it's a it's a very big, important to the war, like important to remember uh, massacre that I've wanted to talk about for a while, but it wasn't quite big enough to do a full episode on. So, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about Bobby Yar. Have you heard of Bobby Yar? It sounds familiar. It was, I feel like you've mentioned it before. It was recently in the news, actually, okay. because the Russians bombed the memorial to this. Oh, it's outside of Kiev. Okay, yeah. So they, they recently bombed and destroyed the memorial, which is like a full asshole kind of thing to do. <clears throat> because it wasn't until the fall of the Soviet Union itself that they put a large memorial on there were there was a small memorial there but after the fall of the soviet union they put like a giant uh menorah and you know more more stuff more Mm. an actual memorial for all the people who died here so september 1941 in kiev uh, it was the 29th and the 30th global was tasked with organizing this you know this mass killing 33,771 Jewish people were killed in two days. Damn. Because of this guy. Um, over the course of the war, an additional hundred to 150,000 people were also killed at this site, just in different incidents, different uh, massacres, essentially. Uh, and it, it expanded past just Jewish people to Soviet POWs, Romanis, Ukrainian nationalists, basically anybody they didn't like yeah. was, were added to this pile. Because Baba Yar is this giant, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's just a giant natural ravine. I've got the, the dimensions further down. <clears throat> and they basically put out all these letters. Bobby, uh, Blobel was just, this is what we're going to do. We're going to publish in the newspapers and we're going to tack them to posts. And we're going to put out these papers that basically say, okay, if you're Jewish and you don't want to die, come to this field and for relocation. It was near a train track. God, dude. So they were expecting about 5,000 people to show up 
when basically the entire population yeah. of Jewish people showed up because they're like, we need to get the fuck out of here. We know these guys are ISIS group and like, this is bad. <clears throat> so they all showed up. They were all forced to undress and sort their own clothing into piles. Different pieces go in different piles. Um, if they were too slow, they were beaten and they were led into this ravine. Oh, here we go. It's 150 meters long, 30 meters wide and 15 meters deep. Uh, uh, multiply those numbers by three for roughly the feet. Jesus. Roughly. So 30 feet deep. Yeah. And 60 feet or 90 feet wide. Like, this is a huge, huge ravine. And basically they forced the uh, Jewish people to lay down on top of the already dead people to lay face down on top of them. And then one guy would come around with a gun and just shoot him in a in a row and they use the sardine method which i've talked about on earlier episodes but just fucking brutal just line them up shoot them line them no, up make them lay down on oh, top oh lay down shoot them shoot them lay down lay down just layer so after you just layer. see it yeah. so it's just layers and layers and layers Jesus. of bodies um let's see yeah it was either a, sometimes it was a soldier sometimes it was a local police officer who just come by and just boom bam bam um, all of the loot, all of the clothing and personal possessions and everything were given to local ethnic Germans who were already living in the area, and the rest was shipped off to Nazi administration. Somewhere. Oh, well, at least they donated it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's great. And then they just, uh, because it was such a big ravine, they, they threw dynamite into the walls, blew it up so the dirt would cover them, and yeah. then they sent all the Soviet POWs down to basically stamp just the dirt flat and rake it. Jesus. completely hide the fact that there were 33,000, almost 34,000 bodies. Like, fuck. Some of the pictures on this episode... And then what? The next next day was 150. No, that's throughout the rest of the war. Oh, throughout the rest of the war. Yeah. Okay. But the the pictures on this episode are the location, some of the clothing, and some pictures of the people who were killed here. Only about 10% of the victims at this site have ever been identified by name. Like, it, it is completely insane. Just because insane. of how many there were. And just the lack of documentation. Yeah. You know, it, when you knock out an entire family, there's nobody there to remember yeah. who you are. Like, the people who were able to figure out that their family members were killed, it was always distant relatives. It was, oh, this was my niece. Oh, this was my cousin, you yeah. know, from far away. But like, in a mass fucking grave. Yeah, if you have like the whole you don't family, have any, nobody's yeah, gonna you don't fucking have remember anything. them. Yeah, there's no way to fully identify every single person. Yeah. So horrible, horrible, huge um massacre. They buried the corpses, they buried the survivors. They didn't even they didn't give a shit. They didn't check. Okay. I, I actually found so of this whole area and these mass killings only 29 people survived that have come forward and said anything most people didn't really talk about surviving it until they were much older that was a weird noise yeah i was fixing my headphone and it fucking snapped Snapped. back onto my head (laughs) nice um one woman badass dina pronesheva sure um she survived because she, you know, she was in the area, obviously being rounded up, and she tore up her identification card. And when the Nazis asked to see it, 
she was like, no, I'm not Jewish. I'm here to see off a friend. Yeah. Who, you know, who was. We thought they were getting relocated. Like, what's happening? And they were like, ah, we'll kill her anyway. <laughs> Solid work. God damn. So then she, you know, was forced to strip down, uh, thrown in line, and she realized, and she saw there were, you know, because it was so big, after the first couple layers was when they started laying them down on top. The first couple layers were just on the edge of the ravine, shot and pushed. Uh-huh. Shot, and then they fell, I mean. So what she did was just, as soon as the shooting started, she just jumped and played dead. Oh, So God. she was, and then people would lay down on top of her and get shot. And then they'd throw, and then Jesus. she got buried alive yeah. in the corpse pile, waited until it was dark, and climbed out. God damn. And, you know, by the time it was dark, they were just, the Nazis were just finishing off a couple people, essentially. Like, it was pretty much done. So she was able to hide. There weren't a ton of people around. And escape. And she didn't even, she never revealed herself until the trials came. And she testified. God about damn. That. Yeah, crazy. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Can't even, can't even imagine that. <clears throat> so then... You know, Blobel's, he's on top of the world. He's got a great career going. Uh, he ends up receiving some of the first gas vans um, that the Einsatzgruppe used, which are just what exactly what they sound like. They look like shipping vans, but you put people in the back, and it's basically, you know, it's a Zyklon B shower. Yeah, just gas on the go. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. Um, <clears throat> yeah, what a, what a great guy, right? Jesus. So let let me see here. I'm just looking at the dates. Uh, I really got to keep my mouth in front of this microphone. I keep talking away from it. Sorry. You got to move it over a little. I'll just turn my entire body. So the next year, uh, actually January 13th, 1942, Blobel is relieved of command. You were talking. Was I? I didn't hear it. I didn't didn't hear it. Here, I'll talk. There there we go. go. He's relieved of command, sent to a hospital because there are some health concerns because he's an alcoholic. For some reason. Yeah. Who who the fuck would drink during during the Nazi regime? And we're we're getting close <laughs> to the to the end of this episode. But he's visited in the hospital by Heydrich, uh the the known as the architect of the Holocaust. Oh, God. Pretty shit guy who says, oh, you're not actually being hospitalized for alcoholism. We just said that. This is a cover. Because he was an intelligence man, so... Yeah. So he, he wasn't an alcoholic. They just had the paperwork and had him basically, like, escorted to the hospital to make what? it look legit. Yeah. So it was a cover. He came to him and said, I have orders from the very top... Top secret mission for you. Oh, no. You just hang out here, play up the role, do whatever you want. I'll come back to you in a, in a week or so with more details. Just be ready. Oh, Jesus. And then Hydra gets assassinated. What? <laughs> yeah. He's assassinated by some rebels who are trained by the British. And the mission's put on pause. <laughs> God damn. He's, it's put on pause just long enough for Blobel to develop the gas chambers for the Polish concentration camps. He basically says, well, these are working great. Let's throw these in here. 
Like I used the gas in the vans. Other camps use this. Let's implement them here in the work camps. No, let's do it on a bigger scale. Yeah. And he's approached by the chief of the Gestapo. And the mission is set back on. And I'm going to talk about the mission in the next episode. Nice. Holy shit. Good setup, right? What a fucking, (laughs) it's a lot to unpack. God damn. Yeah. He's a dick. He is a fucking asshole. Like, I started reading about this dude. I started reading about Action 1005, which we haven't even talked about yet. And it led me to this guy. Damn. Which led me to learning about his connection, you know, in completely organizing Baba Yar, the gas fans. Like, I, you know, when I first read Paul Blobel, I'm like, well, I haven't heard this name yet. <laughs> Paul it's not, Blobel, like, Nazi cop. I, I haven't heard of this guy before. He must not be that big. He fucking did everything. Like, Jesus Christ, Very man. active in Eastern Europe. He really, like, honestly, like, going over all of that stuff, he had his hands in so many different things. He knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do you know what Operation Reinhardt was? No. It sounds familiar, but... I think we've talked about it before. Let me, let me switch tabs. Operation. I just want to get the dates right. Yeah, you're good. It's. There we go. <clears throat> it's a code name for the German plan in World War II to exterminate the Polish Jews in German occupied Poland. Basically, this was when they started introducing the extermination camps. They had work camps before that were actually, you know, work camps that work you till you're dead. But then they started to develop these extermination camps, and that was late 1941. Okay. Okay, so this is right around where we left off Paul. Um, so normally I'd say next week. Yeah. It's in, released at the same time. About five minutes. Yeah. Uh, God, dude. It's just like, do you think that he was able to get where he was because at the start of everything... He was just in, like, every fucking Nazi organization. Yeah, I, I think he, he got in on the ground floor of every group. Yeah. And he was seen... Like, the, the thing that the Nazis fucking love is nationalism. It's pride and, you know, pushing yourself for the greater good of the Nazis, essentially, you know? Yeah. And I think he showed that when he joined every organization possible, took an active stance in every organization. He... He made contacts and names that got him into intelligence work with no background of intelligence work. That got him into commanding yeah, officers yeah. with no military background besides engineer work in World War One. You know, like just just that quote unquote initiative that he showed. Yeah, the initiative that and continued his fucking reach. You get in early, <sighs> you you cozy up to everybody you can. Because eventually people will start to rise. Yeah, they'll start to see. And there, and when people rise, nepotism is always there. Yeah, so I mean, and they're like, "Oh, I knew this guy back when we were brown shirts." Yeah, you know, let's. Yeah, Jesus. you can have a job with me. Come on, you know that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, makes sense. More contacts yet. God damn, dude. <clears throat> yeah, Such from a, a fucking fucked. architect. God, dude, he knew how to build. He knew how to fucking build, man. He knew how to build social. He groups. knew he knew a a really solid foundation, and that's what he fucking built. 
with the Nazis. He gets worse. Oh, I'm sure. Next episode It doesn't surprise me. I'm going to say, I'm willing to admit that I think next episode, he does worse things than Baba Yar and his ghettos, his gas chambers. So, you know, he's basically middle management of the Holocaust at this point. Because he has a boss who reports to Hitler. So he's middle management right now, which means... He's the one who gets his hands dirty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good yeah, lord. Yeah, so more Paul in five minutes. Yeah. You know, I gotta say thank you to the Patreons, the patrons, I mean, who make all of this possible. We now have a board. Yeah, we're outnumbered. We're outnumbered you sons now of bitches. by the chair people. No, uh, all of their votes count as half. So it would take them, we need one more and they'll be equal, two more, and they would outnumber us. Yeah, let's say that. Yeah. Sure. Sounds fair. That sounds fair. Yeah, yeah. It, it, um, it keeps us in control. Yeah, it, and then and then when just we get a small more, semblance we're of control. A quarter. And then eventually we'll say, "Oh, well, they're only worth 3 fifths of a person." Uh, no, 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 no. We won't get that far. <laughs> All right. Just half. Just half of a vote. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to the board, Mini D, Nordic Thunder, Toddle Waddle. You know, you're like 75% of the donations every month. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Hell. Really? Thank you so much. Appreciate um, it. Of course, we've got Abby, AJ's Third Nut, Haley, Lindo, Casey McFacey, Dark Runner, D's Nuts, and thank Lara Raveau. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you guys so much for supporting us, keeping us ad free. That's definitely not due to us having no offers yeah. i can repeat jokes sometimes just little jokes from the uh, exclusive episode yeah, you get to do it's it funny. once a month yeah it's perfect for you um, uh and don't forget patreon.com patreon exclusive forward slash points oh pressure uh yeah new new episode and a couple other new things coming out august 1st uh yeah. Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. And as always, uh, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Points O Pressure. Reach out if you have any show ideas, if you want to share some music, books, TV shows, movies. Music books. Whatever the fuck. Yeah. Fucking books music, music books. Yeah. Sound of music. Whatever. Uh, reach out to us if you just need someone to talk to. By all means, reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Points O Pressure, and we will catch you guys next episode in about 10 minutes.